You're listening to the Acting Classes in Perth Student Success Stories Podcast, where we interview past and present students who have gone from beginner to a fully-fledged actor in less than 12 months. Let's start the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome. It's Lauren here from Acting Classes in Perth. Now, this is our very first, yes, that's right, it's number one, episode number one of the Acting Classes in Perth Student Success Stories podcast in which we interview past and present students of Acting Classes in Perth. Now, these are students for the vast majority of them. They came to us with very little or no acting experience, but they have gone on in a very, very short period period of time, the average being 12 months. Some are slightly longer than that, some are slightly shorter, but as an average, within 12 months of starting with us, they have gone on and created some amazing success for themselves in the acting and film industry, you know, both here in Perth, but then also over on the East Coast in Sydney, uh, Melbourne as well. And then we also have students within the interviews coming up in the, the next few episodes who have also gone over and made some great success for themselves in the UK uh, and then also LA and Canada. So this is a great opportunity to learn about other uh, students, other individuals who are on a similar journey as you and I think there's a lot of valuable information that you'll be able to pull from these episodes and use in your own journey uh, as an actor as well, even if you are just starting. So I hope you enjoy. We're going to jump into our first interview very, very shortly. But that interview is with a young actress by the name of Annabelle McLean. Now, Annabelle started with us a couple of years ago, and she did have a little bit of acting training behind her. Uh, she had recently uh, done some uh, acting training over in, uh, I think it was New York or LA, and then she came back to Perth. Uh, she was uh, doing some local productions. I think I that's how I met her, and uh, we got her in for a couple of workshops. We saw her growth, which was absolutely amazing, and she's such a dedicated, focused individual that I thought she would be the perfect guest to, uh, you know, launch this uh, podcast and to have her in as the the very first interview. Annabelle's going to talk about her her journey as an actor right from when she was a, a young person aspiring to be an actor and, and then, you know, life got in the way and so she kind of had to reposition her, herself and her journey and get back with focus on her. And she's also going to talk about uh, a setback that hit her, which was a cyst, actually, that she got uh, on her derriere, on, on her back end there. And initially that was such a depressing and... Uh, really upsetting experience for her but what she eventually found was so much humor in that experience and that's what I love and and I love that with uh, a lot of the people we've interviewed for these uh, for these podcasts you're going to hear about these individuals who have taken some negative experiences in their life and then flipped them, turned them around and actually made them a positive experience. And in, in Annabelle's case, she had this uh, this horrendous uh, cyst that kept bursting. Uh, it wouldn't heal. Like I said, she found the humor in it and she ended up going on to write about it and, uh, and kind of structure it into a play uh, that she put on as part of the Fringe Festival here in Perth. It was an absolutely amazing uh, play and Fringe show that she did. It had so much uh, success. It went on and got so much acclaim as well. So I'm very excited to hear about how she did that, uh, how she turned that experience around, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to take away the real important value within that uh, that lesson and that information. Well, I think I've talked enough, so I reckon let's jump straight into the interview with Annabelle McLean. Now, before we jump into this episode, let's take just a few seconds to thank this episode's sponsor, which is Actors Headshot Photography by Kelly Bergsma. And in fact, Kelly is the only photographer in Perth that both acting classes in Perth and I personally endorse and recommend. And when you select Kelly's Ultimate Headshot Package, you also get a 20-minute one-on-one coffee and networking opportunity with 
with Kelly, where she's going to sit down with you and tell you about her time working in the film industry over in Vancouver and how she managed to land an amazing gig working on the number one rated US TV series, Arrow and how she did that within just a few weeks of arriving. That alone is amazing value. And on top of that, you're gonna walk away with what I believe are the best headshots in Perth as well. Now, keep listening, because later on in this episode, I'm gonna tell you how you can claim an exclusive $150 gift voucher that you can use on your next Actors Headshot session with Kelly. More about that later, but first of all, let's jump straight into this episode's interview and meet our guest. Thank you for taking a little bit of time out of what is uh, an extensive schedule at the moment. The starlet that is back from Vancouver and she's in a uh, a fringe show that she has written and you have uh, have started and you're producing. Welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, it, start, it started very high, a lot of expectation there. Um, I, I, I want to jump into the Fringe show and talk about that because I think you've done an, an amazing uh, thing there and, and you know, you've, you've pulled off what is an amazing show and, and it's getting so much amazing feedback um, and reviews and then on top of that, you know, getting to that point. But I want to start off by kind of going way back to the beginning. I want to know who Annabelle was in the early days when you were very young. Was acting, was the arts or creativity uh, a part of your early life? Was that something that was encouraged in your home environment? Yeah, definitely. Uh, grew up in South Africa in a little small mining town. So I don't recall going to that much theatre um, between the ages of zero to 12, but I did do things like puppet shows for the family and, mm. um, you know, bongo drumming with all the African kids and <laughs> other, um, other stuff like that. Um, until, until I really moved over to, um, Perth when I was in about year six, um, was when I really kind of started getting into it. Yeah. Um, at school and things. Um, but so yeah, I'd say like the African, the African aspect, things like music class, like everyone had, um, you know, yeah, drums and all these musical instruments and you were just encouraged to just be outrageous, you know, like gospel sort of vibe. Yeah. And then coming over here and realizing that no one likes church here <laughs> and church was like, uh, and boring, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it was very, it, I imagine it's very full of soul back home. Yeah, it, yes, energy. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just a different sort of culture. Yeah, absolutely. Was but it that, hard moving over to this country? Oh, yeah, yeah. How I, old were you? I was 12. Wow. Um, yeah, absolutely hated it at the time. It's yeah. like, why are you ripping me away from my friends? Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? Um, but looking back on it now, like I've been back to visit a few times you know, the place is just a, like, you you look at it and you go, I can't believe I grew up here. Like, thank goodness I'm not here anymore, yeah. essentially, which is, it's kind of sad, but it's also sort of like exciting at the same time. You're like, oh, like, look, look what's happened in my life. Yeah. You know, you see things in different eyes. You would now consider Australia home? Yes. Yep. Definitely. There was a bit of hesitation there. Well, I still... I feel like South Africa is definitely still a part of me. Whenever I meet South Africans, I always have a chat with them. And, um, and you know, I've got my character, Peggy Bloemfontein, that I'd like to do, who's a 40-year-old South African woman. And I just love busting out the South African accent and, um, yeah, the colours and the energy. Like, it's definitely still part of me. I mean, really, it's all my early days yeah. growing up. Were you from the Cape or Joburg or where were you? Um, so a little mining town called Palaborva. Palabodva. Yeah. Okay. Or you can say Palabora. Okay. My mum always said. Right. Um, which is about five hours sort of north of Johannesburg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Random little area. My dad was in mining, so yeah. pretty much our family's sort of followed where he has been. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And at what point do you think you made the decision consciously to pursue acting as as a career uh I think I knew in about year eight or nine that it's I wanted early yeah that I wanted to be an actor 
Yeah. And how did you, I guess, start to make those early inroads into the industry from such an early age? Um, were, well, you, were you doing acting classes outside of school at that age or were you still... No, I didn't have time. I was very academic. Yeah. I hated sport. Um, yeah. I basically refused to go to PE. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, well, not refused. I just thought it was a waste of time and I just would rather have been on stage. Yeah. Plus, I was like 40 kilos, so there was no need for me to do PE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, yeah, I, I was doing classes at school. I took the drama class at school and I was very fortunate to have a couple of really, really good drama teachers. Yeah. And they were pretty much my sort of early inspiration to really pursue this um, as a career um, or at least just see how far I could get in school. Uh, so I, I was a bit of a psycho. Like I, in year 12, I was like, I am getting the drama prize. No one else is having it. <laughs> and I worked my ass off to get it. Um, and yeah, like to get the top student in the class. And I was just a real lover of that. And so have you always been fairly focused and, and I guess prepared and disciplined to work hard toward your acting? Yeah, yes, I have. I um, had a little bit of a sidetrack when I decided to be a music journo. Um, I sort of put acting to the side for a bit. That was more obviously a money sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I knew that if I wanted to be a journo, I would only work in entertainment. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know do any nonsense about writing about pipelines or councils. I was, that was boring. Yeah. Um, so, but that has been good because it's provided me with a lot of connections. Yeah. Um, because obviously entertainment, music journalism definitely coincides with lots of presenting and a lot of acting work. Yeah. So that has actually been probably a really good step for me. And so did you go off and study journalism to get into that, that role or? Uh, yes, I did. Although I don't think I would have needed to, to get into that role. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I studied journalism at RMIT in Melbourne, yeah. um, which was actually a really, really good course. It's probably the best, they do the best media courses there in the country. Um, aside from Bond University in Queensland, uh, really hard to get into, I think just because they like to keep the course small. Yeah. Um, really good, really hands-on advanced radio, advanced TV journalism, mm lot of internships. Everyone basically walks out of that course before they've graduated with the job. Yeah, great. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah. And so that was in Melbourne. Did, did you walk out into a job in Melbourne or did you come back to Perth? No, I came back here. Yeah. Um, I was sort of over Melbourne. Mm. Uh, I lived on campus up at Melbourne University, um, Queen's College. Yeah. Which was amazing. But, I mean, I was drinking for three years straight and... <laughs> My body was tired yeah. and I was just exhausted. I just needed to get out of there, get some sun, have a relax, reassess life. Um, yeah. So I just, I haven't been back, which a lot of people thought I would just move back there. Um, but no, I've been here since the end of 2009. Okay. And so at some <coughs> point you, you must've made a choice to put acting back on the main priority board. Um, how long ago was that in terms of number of years? Uh, three and a half, probably. Okay. So for the last three and a half years, you've been strongly working towards acting as a career. Yeah. Um, and, and is that what acting is for you at the moment? A career? Yeah. Is it more than just a creative outlet? Is it, is it a necessity in your, your everyday life? Uh, yeah. I mean, probably not every day. Um, but it's just because it's not every day. Yeah. Um, I could obviously be doing, you know, um, warm ups or, you know, working on something every day. I guess I am. Um, but it's not necessarily acting related. It might be more like sort my website out or, sure. um, something, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been pretty focused on it since about February, 2013. Yeah. Okay. And where do you hope to take it in the future? What, what do you think acting is going to be for you on, on the long term? I would like to be one of the top, like, Australian actors in comedy, basically. Okay. That's, that's my ultimate goal. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And how are you working towards that? What, what, are, your, uh, what are your goals and your plans that you're, you're working towards? 
Well, a lot of what I've learned is you've got to do your own work. You can't be waiting around for people to come and cast you in things because that's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's really not. Especially if you have a really unique look. Yeah. Um, people, and, and is that something you feel you have? Well, I had a bald head. So for a little while there, it was like, well, you can get cast as a military girl or a lesbian or a cancer victim. And that's it. Like, yeah. no. And none of this, oh, no, we'll put a wig on you nonsense. No. No, no one's going to cast you and put a wig on you. It's yeah. just not going to happen. They're just going to get someone that has the right look. Yeah. And so. were you were you bald by a choice or were you – was it a fashion yeah. thing or were you actually – did you have something that had happened to you? No, no. I decided to chop all my hair off. Okay. Um, it was dead and it was time to go. Right. Okay. And I was in New York and it was just fun. It was like no one cares in New York. It's having a – like absolute ball over there. So I went bald. Okay. And, <laughs> and then just dealt with the consequences when you came back to, to, to the acting world. Yeah. Well, and it was funny because I was studying over there at um, Lee Strasberg, yeah. just doing their summer 12-week course. And there's a teacher there, Irma, who is about 90-something. And she's one of Lee's very first students. Wow. She's amazing. Um, but very strict and very Lee's way or no way kind yeah. of nonsense. Yeah. And I, cause I shaved my head halfway through the course came in and she, she almost had a heart attack. She was just like, what are you thinking? You're not going to get work. And <laughs> I was sort of like, you'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did get cast in a couple of things. I got cast as a prostitute, which was a bit of an interesting one Wow. with a bald head. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that's very interesting. But I, I don't regret it. I wish I could have a bald head now. Yeah. Um, but it's just not feasible. Yeah. What is it about your addi your addiction or your love of your scalp? <laughs> no, I just like the idea that it's like out there. I feel very me with short hair. Yeah. And now that I'm kind of getting longer hair, it's it feels weird because I used to have long hair years ago, right. and now I'm like things. So many things have changed, and yeah. it it doesn't feel like me to have like long girly hair. Yeah. Yeah. But. We'll get over that. Yeah. If only you were, you know, in LA at the time of George Lucas shooting THX 1138 in the 70s where everyone had, you know, bald hair, you would have been a right road in. Yeah. You know? If only. <laughs> yes, if only. Um, that, that's, that's so interesting. And so you, you are working towards wanting to be a Australia's, one of Australia's leading, um, you know, female comedy actors or actresses. Uh, you say one of, but uh, but based off what you've said about, you know, high school drama and wanting to be the best, uh, I, I bet you're wanting to be the best. Uh... I just want to, I just think there's not enough good Australian comedy. Yeah. And I love Australian film. People cringe at Australian film, but I go to like all the launches at Luna. I go to all of them. I'm just like, this is the best. Like, I love it. Like my favourite film from last year was Wormwood. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah. Um, oh, it is incredible. Yeah, it's so good. good. Yeah. Um, lots of people would have been like, oh, cringe, yeah. um, B grade, horror, you know, Aussie sort of horror. Yeah. I'm like, this is the best. It is so good. And I can't stop raving about it. And I just, I just think there needs to be more of it. And we need to be doing, we need to be doing more yeah. to have like just better Australian comedy and film. People need to support it. It annoys me when you go and then, like, you know, things get canned really quickly because yeah. they go out of the cinema because no one goes. Yeah. Everyone just looks to the States for everything. And, like, don't get me wrong, I do too, um, or the UK. But yeah. um, I just feel like we need to put ourselves on the map a bit more. Yeah. And we are. There are things happening um, slowly. And, and I think part of that key is what you said earlier in that uh, if you want to make those inroads and you really want to work towards that, you have to create it yourself. Yep. You have to create your own content and start creating your own shows, which is what you've done. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Painting My Ass, which is a show that you have put together for Fringe, which is an um, arts theatrical festival. Um, can you tell us a bit about where the idea... Well, tell us a bit about the idea of the project first and where it came from. So I'd, I've always wanted to do my own show in Fringe, but I've never really had a solid idea of something that would be good mm. um, or great, shall I say. Um, 
because you know, <laughs> you know? Um, Annabelle doesn't go for good. Yeah. Great. <laughs> well, it's it. Yeah, no one wants to watch a good show, do they? It's boring. You want to watch something that's great. You want to go out and you want to talk about it. Yeah. Um. So, basically, last year I got a cyst on my ass crack, and well, in my butt crack, just at the top there before the coccyx. I was in Melbourne at the time for my sister's 21st and I just thought I'd just drunkenly fallen over on my butt basically. Yeah. Woke up, it just turned to this golf ball sized, big festering thing. Uh, had to go to emergency, get it cut out, have proper surgery. Then of course, because this type of injury, it's called a pyelonidal cyst or sinus. Yeah. Don't look it up because you will kill yourself. It's horrific. Yeah, it's horrific. <laughs> I've had some people go, I looked it up, oh God. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, so they don't they don't close it because in case there's more stuff in there. So you have to get it packed every day with gauze, and it's just this big long ordeal. You can't sit down, you can't lie down, you can't roll over in bed properly, can't exercise because you can't get it wet and sweaty, basically, and you can't work because the nurses have to come to your house every day to pack it. Um, so you've got to time your showers. It's a massive lifestyle shift. Can't have sex properly. Um, that's another thing. Like just everything is just like a mess. Yeah. Um, and only now that I've healed do I realise how much of an impact that's had like for the last seven months. Yeah. So depressingly so almost. Like is it was it a was there moments where it was a dark oh, time? Absolutely. Like just absolute frustration walking around. So we moved to Vancouver six weeks after um that I, I got this and it looked like it was healing. It had pretty much just closed um, the wound and um, got to Vancouver. Within two weeks, it had just burst open again, went to the doctor. They said, no, nope, you're going to need a second round of surgery. And because of their healthcare system over there, et cetera, um, you have to wait three months before you're eligible. So decided it was easier to just come back here anyway. We had flights booked back for my best friend's wedding, which is next weekend. So just move flights forward and that sort of thing. But again, so frustrating you know, picked our lives up to go to the other side of the world to try and, again, continue on the acting path to only to have to come back here. But over there, as soon as I found out I had to have a second round of surgery, I just laughed. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is so hysterical. I was like, a show needs to be made. Yeah. A show needs to be made. And I looked up, um, I looked up when Fringe applications were due and it was that day. It was like August 21 or something. I was like, oh my goodness, they're due like today. Um, so literally applied. I was like, called, pain in my ass, like came into my head, quickly wrote a small thing, paid the application fee and then, yeah, heard back the next week. I was like, right, now I need to write this. <laughs> um, so, so you didn't even have a script yet? You didn't, did you even really have a story? You just kind of came up with an idea or? Well, I knew I was going to make it a comedy because I had so many – I did have stories from the first round of surgery when um, Silver Chain were coming around to my house and just holding your butt crack open for them. You know, just it's ridiculous. Yeah. And they thought I was a guy as well when I when I was going to Silver Chain to have my appointments. They were like, John, is that you? <laughs> like I had all these sort of things, which was just like absolutely hysterical. Why did they think you were a guy? I don't know. Like, oh, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. There was regular things going on like that where they told me to use a hairdryer to, like, blow dry the wound so it kept it dry and just, just bizarre things were going on. And, you know, I was updating everyone on Facebook, of course. Yeah. Um, but I just thought as well, this is a common injury. I knew two people by that stage who'd had it. And now I reckon over 20. You've got a club going. I do have a club. Um, last night and the night before, I've had randoms come up to me after the show in hysterics telling me all their stories about their similar butt cysts. <laughs> and it's just great. Like, it's absolutely fantastic. I love it. And some people have got way worse stories than me, having it when they're pregnant so they can't have a general anaesthetic, yeah. um, having it in a foreign country where they don't speak English and having to deal with that and have surgery over in Korea. It's like, for goodness sake, like, I've really had a pretty good run compared to some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, no, it's 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 been really You're bringing all fun. the people out of the woodwork. The yeah. uprising of, yes. the, of the butt cysts people. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so you you took all these ideas and, 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 and in essence just threw them into a show. Yeah, pretty much. I've got another story paralleling with the butt story in the show. 
um, which some people have not understood or have interpreted um, interpreted a different way to what it what it is. Um, basically, it's just another story that's a metaphor for what's going on in the butt stuff yeah. um, at the same time. Uh, it's a lot more of a serious story, though. It's about a guy who um, broke his lower vertebrae. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've just added that element to it because I didn't want it to just be all about butt cysts. Yeah. I wanted to bring a more theatrical um, side to it. And also... I guess some light and shade in there as well. Yeah. A full, full play of just humour. You, you kind of need to go between the light and shade. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's what we've done. Yeah. Excellent. And you've teamed up with, uh, with, with actor, director, local kind of yeah. teams as well. So it's, it's a lot of other independent. Um, yeah. Creatives. It's just four of us. Um, so Maddie Page, who's been directing for me. Yeah. Um, Nathan Hamley who is um, a local Perth actor. He's originally from Sydney. He's pretty new to the acting game, but he's very, he's going places, that's for sure. It was his first theatre show, um, this fringe show that I've done, and he he just nailed it. Like, great. Just amazing. So relaxed before as well. I'm there going, doing my breathing outside, getting my heart rate up. And he's there, and I'm like, how are you going? He's like, yeah, pretty relaxed. I'm ready to go. I'm like, okay then. <laughs> yeah. Go you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have what you're having. Yeah. So, no, he's been great to work with and definitely work with him again. Hoping to take the show um, to Adelaide, do Adelaide Fringe, and maybe not this show, but we'll see how we go. Uh, eventually Edinburgh as well. Right. So you want to take it to, to Adelaide Fringe and then also over to Edinburgh. That's pretty awesome. Um, but what else is, you know, what else is in the pipeline for, for Annabelle and, and have you got any other ideas for any other shows? Not really. Um, a lot's gone into this one. A lot's gone into this one. There's a couple of other things that I would like to get going more with my own writing. Yeah, right. Uh, they're more because I want to act with certain people that are definitely out of my leagues. Yeah. So there's this amazing theatre actor called Robin Nevin. She's huge. She does a lot of the MTC and uh, Sydney Theatre Company plays. Uh, anyway, she's, I don't know how old she's, but I'm pretty sure she's around like 70 something or 80 now. And I've seen her in a lot of shows. Um, anyway, I really want to act alongside her. So I'm thinking of writing my own play and somehow working my way to getting her cast in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Which just seems a bit ridiculous. No. But, yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, and, I, I'm, I, and I'm quite interested to know the amount of work, you know, that's gone into putting this Fringe show. And this Fringe show's, you know, it's only got a, a three-night um, – so it's only on for three nights, which is, you know, pretty normal for a small kind of Fringe arts festival. Um, you've sold out 90 seats uh, every night. But – Three nights work, how much prep's gone into that? Uh, quite a lot. Um, just from a writing point of view, I obviously started writing around August and had to have it finished by the time I was back in Perth. So mid-October, it had to sort of be done right. because rehearsals then had to get going. Yeah. Um, so, But I found it quite easy to write, to be honest, um, obviously because it's a personal story. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is done in sort of... Dr. Susie rhymes. Right. Got a lot of monologues that are like hilarious butt pass monologues yeah. that are yeah, just um all like poetry. Had you written anything before that had gone to stage? Uh yes, I'd done six hundred seconds, uh, which is part of Fringe Festival as well, a few years ago. But that's obviously a ten minute piece. Mm. Um, and that was just a monologue that I did about it was called You Should Be Saving for a House and it was just about this young like bogan girl who just couldn't comprehend saving for a house. Mm. And how long is your current piece, Panty My Ass? Forty-five minutes. Right, so it's a it's a it's a good chunk. It's a fair length there. Um, how long did it take you to write that first draft? Uh, quite a while. Uh, well, mm, yeah. I mean, I had it done by the end of October. Yeah. And then we're up to our seventh draft. Yeah. Now. Um, which is the one we're performing with. But, I mean, they're all minor changes. Yeah. Nathan added his own monologue so that he – it was a personal story of his that we've added to the piece. Yeah. 
and then there's just been minor sort of word changes or, you know, sentence structure that's changed a little bit. Yeah. But aside from that, it's, yeah, I've written the whole thing. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And you're hoping to take that to, to Adelaide Fringe. Um, Not this year, next year. Next year, <laughs> yeah. And, and then over to Edinburgh for, for a comedy festival or what's... Yeah, I think for Edinburgh Fringe. Okay. Um, I've never been to Edinburgh Fringe and I would love to go and I'd also love to go and perform. Yeah. So I've never really thought about it until recently going, yeah, like why, why couldn't I do that? Because, yeah. I mean, I've seen some shit shows at Fringe, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You do. You see average shows, you see great shows, you see things that inspire you, yeah. you see things that help you go, no, that's how you, not how you do things. Uh, and I just think now that that opportunity exists, why not just take advantage of it and have a team and yeah. do it? And have you uh, looked into how you're going to make that happen by, by going over to Edinburgh? Mm, not yet. Um, I will, obviously. <laughs> it's still just I assume it's stage. quite Yeah, I assume it's quite an um, uh, easy application process, quite similar to Perth or Adelaide, I assume. Yeah. But I have a few friends who have done a lot of Edinburgh Fringe, so... I guess I'll, if I have any questions, I'll ask them. But it all depends on what everyone else in the show wants to do as well. Do you think it, you know, coming from the fact that your show here is 90 people sold out every night, three nights, uh, it's had some really great write-ups, it's got some really good PR, that, that's going to be a, quite a, a good stepping stone for you to get over there to Edinburgh? Yeah, definitely. And even from, if I wanted to apply for the American Artist Visa, you need a lot of references and a lot of media on yourself. So for me to have created this show and then created all the press on myself out of it, mm. I've got about eight, at least eight pieces mm. already. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great start. So I'll be filing those away and keeping them just in case I need them at one point. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And so you, you now have an agent, um, but you, it, it, it kind of took you quite a while to get an agent, you know, considering that you started so long ago. You know, like you, you, you were very, you were into the school drama even before then. When you were young, you were doing things um, and being quite creative. I, I think I was the one that kind of maybe really pushed you to consider getting an agent, um, and that was only a couple of years ago. I was interested to know why you you hadn't got an agent earlier. Well, I did have an agent in like year nine. Okay. Um, I like a legitimate agent. Yeah, that was um, Actors Now. Yeah. I was with Maxine. Oh, you were? Okay. But that was during school and nothing really happened with that from right. what I can remember. Um, and then I did have, they actually, no, she put me in contact with someone when I was in Melbourne and I did things like extras on Neighbours and just... Um, what are they called? You know, those stories where they do... Um, like day players and bit roles. Reruns of... Not reruns. Um, like they play out a scenario like of a car crash or something. Like like a documentary. Right. No, I don't know how to I explain really it. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on from that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I did some bits and bobs over there, but nothing too serious. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I really, again, only three years ago did I start going, right, this needs to get on with it. Yeah. Um, let's make some serious inroads here. Okay, and so, so you you uh, you got an agent. Yep. Uh, here in Perth again, back in Perth, it was a sec second agent. Um, but you have a different agent now. Uh, are we able to kind of talk a little bit about the two different agencies and kind of you ended up with one agency and now you're with a different agency? And I think there's some really uh, important information in there for actors who are considering an agent. Um, that they can kind of learn out of maybe some of your journey? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the agent that I was with um, got me in the door for a lot of things that I needed to get into the door with. Um, big projects, Black Swan, um, Perth Theatre Company, some TVCs, that sort of thing. Um, but ultimately, it's really important to have a meeting and actually get on the same page as your agent before you decide you're going to be with them. Yeah. Because it's just as much about interviewing them as it is about you being interviewed. Yeah. It's about, you know, what can they do for you, really? You're supposed to be working as a team. Uh, 
ultimately it is you doing all the work because the agent gets 10% or whatever and, you know, you get 90. So therefore you should be doing 90% of the work. And I think a lot of people don't uh, think like that. They think, oh, my agent's not getting me any work, blah, blah, blah. But no, really, like you can only have a whinge unless you're doing your absolute best. Yeah. Yeah. Do do you think that you went into signing with with that agent, which is a which is a great agency and they're very reputable, um, but maybe maybe it's not the right agency for you is what I kind of feel like you're saying. Um, do you feel that maybe you went into that meeting thinking, oh, here I am, just an actor, and oh my god, this is an agent, and I should just be happy that I'm having this meeting, rather than going in as equals in that conversation well the problem was we didn't really have a conversation right okay so there was that uh I just you know they'd seen me perform they really enjoyed my performance they are a huge agency they have a lot of reputable people who are working constantly in the industry on their books and I think that's why I just leaped I just leaped at them and I thought this is great um, they also have a lot of connections over east yeah. um, and overseas. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be good. But it just wasn't because we didn't get on. Because, yeah, we just didn't. There's yeah. not really not much else to it. Yeah. Uh, and so, so you, you made the choice to, to leave that agency? Yeah. So I, I sort of just said, you know, this was before we were going to Vancouver and I said, uh, you know, I'll, you know, if I'm back, I'll get in touch. But then I didn't. Right. <laughs> well, because, yeah, I just thought, mm, there's, there's no need. I wasn't feeling the vibes. Didn't get any good vibes about, you know, the excitement, how excited I was to go to Vancouver, the preparation. You know, have you got any contacts that you can put me in contact with while I'm there for the stage that I'm at in my career, this sort of thing. No no response, no enthusiasm there. And if you're just not getting that, that basic sort of enthusiasm for where you're at and for someone, you know, I'm on their books, then it's just a real, you just know they don't care. Yeah, They just don't like, and it's unfortunate. I think obviously some people that are new to their books are doing very well. Um, but the, they need, you need to be with an agent that's willing to develop new clients. Um, that's the bottom line because that's where you're starting. So if they're not on board with you from the get go, then when are they going to be on board with you? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, so you, you came back to, to Perth and you approached a different agent. Yes. Uh, talk to us about that, that process. And it sounds like that's working out for you completely differently. Yeah. Very, very different. I'm very happy. Uh, it's been a couple of months now. Um, basically sent them an email when I was still in Vancouver and said, hi, I'm coming back. This is around unfortunate sort of circumstances, but I'd like to have a meeting with you and see how we can go here. This agent had also seen me perform before. So, uh, that was good because I didn't need to sort of go, hi, I'm so-and-so and audition and all this. So they were very happy, emailed back straight away and said, yep, um, call me up when you get back to Perth and we will organise a meeting. It went very well. Went in. I was in there for about half an hour or more having a chat about what they can do for me and what I can do for them, I guess, and where I want to go. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, small things like got me some water, introduced me to everyone in the office, gave me a hug. Like th those sort of things I think is like, wow, like really welcoming, you know, people who – want to find out what you're doing and personable yeah approachable approachable you know the kinds of people i can text like texting this morning hey thanks for coming to my show you know coming to my show <laughs> yeah like that you know like hello i'm supporting you um which it was, is a it was big a huge deal thing, a huge thing to know that you've got someone there who's who is rooting for you and 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 like you said supporting you yeah and, and just introducing me to other people as well on their books and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And replying to emails quickly, not taking two weeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which, you know, is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, I, I think that it's, it's it'd been a really interesting journey for you then going through 
you know, three agencies, I guess, uh, from the one when you were younger and then, uh, you know, the two more recently. And I, I bet that you've taken a lot out of that journey and a lot through those experiences. Do you have any advice for, you know, the, the actors listening who they may be at the stage in which they think that they're ready to approach an agent um, or an agent may be approaching them. Do you have any advice for them, Some maybe some key things that they need to be considering going into that agreement? Don't sign anything. Don't sign yourself into like a five-year contract or something. Um, and I know it's really hard for some people, but you kind of need to know where you sit in terms of how you're getting cast yeah. because the agent might have a different, completely different view of how they see what projects you're going to be doing or what they're going to put you up for. So you need to have a chat with them about what they think they are going to put you up for and what you want to be put up for. And if that doesn't match, then either you need to figure out how to change that or yeah, something needs to go on there because I think that's a big, definitely a big uh, thing and just open communication, um, letting them, keeping them up to date with, you know, what you're doing, like courses, classes, um, you know, even extras, getting contacts, um, that sort of thing. And yeah, just, I think communication is just definitely the biggest thing and making sure you're on the same page. If you're feeling uncomfortable and you're feeling like you're the one always sort of, hi, how's it going? What's happening? Or like having, like feeling obliged to get them coffees or like that's nonsense. Like you're on the same page. They're, they're getting you work. Well, they should be getting you work and you're doing the work and they're getting paid for it. There's no reason for you to be going and scrambling. You know, I'm not into that. I'm not into people, you know, like, oh, checking in. And like, I know you've got to be on the, the forefront of their mind, but if you're going to email, email something saying, hi, this is what I've done. Hi, like what, what's happening? Yeah. Not just like a hi with no, nothing to report. Yeah. Like just constant updates and constant things that you've been doing to show that you're constantly working yeah. on your craft. Yeah, definitely. Show, showing them as much as, uh, you know, them showing you. Yeah, yeah. And keeping all your your social media, um, your IMDb, your website, all that stuff, keeping all of that up to date as well, I think is important. Yeah. Um, social media has a big role to play. Yeah. And you, you've been utilising that for your... Uh, Patty My Ass show? I've been definitely utilising that. I'd say majority of my advertising has probably, the reason people have been coming to my show is probably just from Facebook. Yeah. Maybe a few from Instagram, but I did probably spend over almost two grand on posters and flyers and things. Yeah. And it's definitely helped around Leaderville and my poster is pretty controversial. So that's kind of been a bit funny. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure how – it's hard to say it's how – to track and, yeah. and, and benchmark those conversions. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't done any Facebook advertising. I haven't paid for anything. So that's yeah. – it's been good. People yeah. have just been sharing and talking about it, yeah. which has really helped. That viral aspect. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And to finish up, do you have any, uh, any final words for anyone who's considering – a career in acting, you know, that they're, they're hoping that they can turn their passion into into a, a long-term career? Um, I think it's different for everyone. You definitely need some support. I think, you know, have someone there that's – have a mentor um, that can keep you on your toes. Um, because for me, I have a few people now that sort of come to me motivation but I also need my support like I need someone to be to be there for me you know I know I'm a highly motivated person but there's definitely moments where you're like oh like this is a struggle yeah um and it is like financially like you work your ass off yeah and if you want to do it you you have to be working like you have to be working your ass off there's no other option yeah and I, and I think also in the support of support, not just in when you need to go and debrief or, um, you know, de-stress or, or have a deep, you know, deep and meaningful chat about where I'm at. But, but also support is good when it comes in a genuine form of, of people actually supporting you in a positive sense, um, you know, and, and just reminding you where you're at, that you do have talent. You may be mm. of exceptional talent. Um, and don't forget that, 
you know, yeah. because I think you can get bogged down in a lot of no's in the industry when you go to auditions and that can definitely um, affect your, uh, your motivation. I think even if you get your head around the fact, if you go to an audition, you're performing. So that's good, yeah. regardless of whether you get it or not. Plus, you've made a few contacts. Mm. People have seen you. Mm. That's good. Yeah. So if you're going to get bogged down on being rejected, then you need to – you probably should get over that or you're going to have to find another career because the majority of the time you'll be getting rejected. Yeah. So it's just about pushing through that. And, yeah, like, like you were saying, have support and having those people around you that, are, that believe in you. Um, and that are genuinely supportive. Like I've cut out the majority of people from my life who aren't supportive of what I'm doing, mm. which is harsh, but they need to go. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's the reality. Like yeah. why bother wasting time with them? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic uh, advice. And thank you so much for sharing your, um, your, your journey and, and talking to us about um, your, your ass crack. It's, <laughs> it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, Annabelle. Awesome. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. And all the best for the future. Thank you. Now, as promised, I do have a $150 gift card that you can use when you book an ultimate headshot photography session with Kelly Bergsma, who is by far the best and only photographer in Perth that I personally endorse and recommend for actors' headshots. Now, to claim your free $150 voucher, head over to actingclassesinperth.com forward slash Kelly. That's K-E-L-L-Y. And make sure you use the promotional code SAVE150. That's S-A-V-E-150. Now, this offer is only available for a limited time, so make sure you check it out by visiting actingclassesinperth.com forward slash Kelly and using the promotional code SAVE150. Well, there you have it, our very first interview here on the Acting Classes in Perth Student Success Stories podcast, and it was with Annabelle McLean. Now, I had such a ball catching up with Annabelle and having a chat with her, and I honestly feel that Annabelle is going to be one of those actresses who is very successful long-term. I think, you know, in about five to, to seven years, we're probably going to see her up on the big screen. I think she has a lot of potential. She's very focused, and she's also very, very funny as well. If you ever have the chance to, to meet her, you'll just... Uh, end up laughing in stitches. She's absolutely hilarious. Now, one of the really important takeaways for me of that interview was how Annabelle talked about the turning and the change in her mindset with the experience of, of her abscess. You know, I think that's really important. I think we can learn a lot from that. She had a, a painful, depressing experience, but what she managed to do was reposition her thought on that experience and actually see the humor and the comedy in it for which she was then able to take that and turn that into a stage play that she put on here in Perth as part of the Fringe Festival. And, and that's uh, a lot of respect goes out to Annabelle for being able to do that. Maybe it's something that you could do. Look at your life. Look at where you want to go, where you're at now. What are some of the hurdles? Uh, and, and, and I also guess how... Uh, can you restructure your thought process to focus what might seem initially as a negative experience and turn that into a positive, even find the humor like Annabelle did. Now, what I'm going to do is I'll throw some links to Annabelle's social networking uh, sites, her Facebook and, and probably also her Star Now profile. I'll throw those links in the show note. Uh, if you are interested in, in connecting with her on social media, then you can do that by heading over to actingclassesinperth.com forward slash episode one and that'll have all the show notes for this episode uh, including those links over to uh, connect with Annabelle as well now before we finish our very first acting classes in Perth student success stories podcast I want to put the call out there uh, are you someone or do you know someone who could be a guest here on the show we would love to hear from you if you uh, think that you have a great story or some information that may help others or if 
you know of someone that you would like to elect to be a guest here on the show. And it could really be from uh, from quite a variety of different backgrounds or different experiences. You know, you may be someone who is very focused on, on being an actor who's very dedicated to the craft and to the business of acting. And since doing some courses with us, you have gone on and achieve some great success through auditioning and then maybe landing some roles on local theatre or local film or TV projects. Uh, Or maybe you're someone who came to an acting class with us and you were very quiet, very shy, maybe very nervous, maybe you had, you know, very low confidence, but then you managed to use the acting space and the acting classes to help build your confidence and maybe that has helped shape your life. Maybe you haven't yet gone for an audition, but maybe it's helped you at home or maybe it's helped you in your your work life. Uh, or with your friends, you know, that's also a huge uh, success and a lot of kudos and respect to you for making those changes. And I think there's a lot of valuable information for listeners to learn about your journey, whether it be the this successful actor who's gone out and landed a whole lot of auditions and a whole lot of roles, or whether you are someone who went to an acting class for more of the personal development and confidence. Either way, I think there's a lot of information uh, that will help a lot of people. So if you do want to reach out to us uh, and, and request being a guest on the show, or if you do know someone else, please head over to our website. That's www.actingclassesinperth.com forward slash guest, G-U-E-S-T, guest, and submit an entry. We'll have a bit of a look through and we'll reach out to you and uh, ask you a few more questions. And then hopefully very, very soon we may have you on the show. Well, thank you so much for joining us here for our very first episode, episode number one. And I can't believe it's it's over and it's up on iTunes and, and uh, you're listening to it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's been so so long in the making and in the planning process. We're very, very excited. Uh, the entire team here at Acting Classes in Perth and everyone who has made this happen. We hope to see you again soon. We hope you have a great day. And like always, stay safe and happy acting. Thanks for listening and be sure to head over to actingclassesinperth.com slash success and learn how you can become a successful and fully fledged actor in Perth in less than 12 months. Be sure to tune in next time for another amazing episode of the Acting Classes in Perth Student Success Stories Podcast.